episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Football. We have a huge week planned for you, especially with the trade deadline tomorrow, depending on when you listen to it. I am joined again by Ryan Thomas, the host of the Thomas Take Sports podcast, as well as taking over Sunday Night Football with the show every Sunday. How's that going, Ryan? It's going phenomenal. And Josh, it's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, the Thomas Takeover post game show where myself, Degenerate Al, and DJ Supreme, all within the Train Rec Sports umbrella, we dive into the Buffalo Bills post game reactions, uh, takeover player of the game, train wreck player of the game. Uh, that show's been going on all season long, and it is uh, growing, and it has been an, a great show to be a part of i really enjoyed sunday night's show and enjoyed having an audience member in attendance and yourself as well yeah absolutely <laughs> doing a little bit of producing little uh yeah, right. uncle jumbo's in me a little quite yeah. plug. but but yeah you know you know it's the typical right. sunday night but yeah same as usual obviously posted on train wreck if you want to go check that out or again watch live generally around seven o'clock every sunday so yep. keep an eye out for that that's been going all year long but Today, we're talking about fantasy football, obviously, and I want to get into some QB breakdowns um, out the gate. So, guess who's coming back? Nick Foles. How do you feel about right. this? Minshew Mania is gone. He's Minshew Mania. Minshew Mania. Rest in peace to Minshew Mania. You know what? Something tells me that this is not the end of Minshew Mania, right? I mean, how no way. He, he played that well for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and there'll be a ton of teams lining up for his services if the Jacksonville Jaguars do make him available for trade. He's probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league right now, uh, now that Nick Foles is the starter. And, um, yeah, Nick Foles making that comeback, coming back from that uh, clavicle injury that he suffered in week one. And I think it drastically changes the outlook fantasy-wise for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now maybe DJ Chark's uh, stock might take a hit, whereas D.D. Westbrook's stock, might actually bump up a little bit just based on how different a quarterback Nick Foles is in comparison to Minshew Mania, who is a deep ball thrower, likes to stretch the field, whereas Nick Foles is more of that West Coast dink and dunk offensive style quarterback. So that'll definitely change things up as far as fantasy goes. And for all the teams that need a quarterback in, in two quarterback leagues, or maybe your quarterback is on a bye, uh, you go out and, and get Nick Foles for – well, he won't be back until week 11. So week 11, if you need a quarterback, Nick Foles would definitely be the guy to go get. Yeah, so I think he will be another viable fantasy option. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be. But yeah, it seems like he's got most of my leagues he got scooped up already. But definitely, if he's there, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to play him. I mean, Gardner Minshew was great, too. And here he is, Nick Foles, back in the game. So I think he'd be a great player to add again if you need for the bye. Or even, yeah, as your second quarterback, because that's what I tried to do in my one league, unfortunately. I didn't have waiver priority, but I did want him. Now, here's another player I want to talk about. What about Brian Hoyer? Will he be playing for the Colts a little bit? The, as far as that injury goes with Jacoby Brissett, from what I've heard, he, he hasn't been ruled out just yet. But I got to tell you, Josh, I was really impressed with Brian Hoyer when he came back in. Yeah, he did have an interception, turned the ball over, but I was really impressed with how he spread the ball around uh, within that Indianapolis Colts offense. And Pascal playing for T.Y. Hilton. Um, you got Doyle, you got Ebron, you got some weapons on that offense. And uh, obviously, I think Brian Hoyer, he, he's seen everything in this league. He's started, he's backed up, he's bounced around for a lot of different teams. He's been essentially a journeyman quarterback. And if you need a quarterback to come in and, and plug and play, 
for Jacoby Brissett, uh, outside of the before mentioned Gardner Minshew, I think Brian Hoyer will do just fine. I, I wouldn't really hope that Brissett's out too long for the Indianapolis Colts. I, I don't think it'll be anything, you know, uh, that will persist or anything like that. Uh, maybe it'll just be an injury where Brissett will be out for just this next week and, and Hoyer will start for just this week. But if not, um, You've got to be comfortable if you're the Indianapolis Colts based on what Brian Hoyer gave to them this past week. And I think for fantasy purposes, Brian Hoyer could definitely be somebody that you could plug and play. I believe the opponent for the Colts this week is the is the uh, Miami Dolphins. So um, We can confirm that, but keep talking, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that that is the, the team that, my, that uh, the Colts are playing this week. You are and, correct. Uh, yeah, that is it's Sunday, 4.05. So 405. lock and load, lock and load Brian Hoyer for that matchup if you need a quarterback to replace Jacoby Brissett. I think you can just plug and play and, and keep the train moving. Yep, that's exactly what I was going for. Just a plug and play player if you need him or if you had Brissett. Because some people have been using him as the starter. <laughs> Brissett's been playing well. So if, yeah, if you needed someone, I wouldn't be too worried about Hoyer. And I also wouldn't be too worried about any players on the team. I think they'll keep flowing, which is why they have all year. I mean, that team was a Super Bowl team before Andrew Luck left. So I feel like any quarterback there kind of plugs and plays. But, yeah, so I wouldn't be afraid to have him. And there's one other quarterback I want to talk about. I don't know if you have anyone, but Kyle Allen with Cam Newton being put on the IR. I mean, he's basically been there all year. I don't think anyone really thought he was going to come back, maybe after one week. But after he was out for, you know, how many weeks not saying IR, they finally did it. Cam Newton's out. How do you feel about Kyle Allen? Kyle Allen has definitely taken over, if you will, uh, the Carolina Panthers quarterback job because not only was Cam Newton out with a really serious foot injury, but I think it helps the concern of, of Cam Newton coming back or whether or not he should come back when you have a quarterback like Kyle Allen playing as, as well as he has. Now, he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire statistically, but he's been doing just enough to help the Carolina Panthers win. And it obviously helps when you have my 2019 MVP, Christian McCaffrey, as your running back. What a game changer that is for Kyle Allen from a fantasy perspective as well. Knowing that Kyle Allen could drop back, three-step drop at any moment, and throw the ball to his right or to his left to Christian McCaffrey. And at any moment, Christian McCaffrey can take a screen pass and turn it into a big play or turn it into a big touchdown. So as far as Kyle Allen, I, I really like him. I think that um, Carolina has some real decisions to make as far as whether or not he'll be the starter next year with Cam Newton's set, or a $19 million um, cap hit uh, on, on the 2020 books. I think Kyle Allen, for fantasy purposes, has, has really blown past my expectations. I looked at that offense for fantasy purposes and thought that once Cam was out, that Kyle Allen would, would definitely – um, drop Christian McCaffrey's value. If anything, it's actually helped Christian McCaffrey's value. And Kyle Allen has been uh, consistent for the Carolina Panthers. I really like him. And as far as you know, being that quarterback two, maybe not a quarterback one. Definitely but, not a QB one. Right. But if you're in a buy, you know, crunch, I think Kyle Allen it would be a, a decent quarterback to go out and get if if you have to go out and get him, I think that he's owned in the majority of leagues where you do have a two quarterback league. So you would have to kind of work a trade for him. But um, I like the way he's used the weapons around him. Curtis Samuel has been somebody that I hope kind of picks it up a little bit here and there uh, along the way as we kind of inch closer to the end of the fantasy football season. But 
Kyle Allen, I, I really think that he's staking his claim as, as maybe the future quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, depending on what happens with Cam Newton and, and what decision that the Panthers make. I think Kyle Allen might make that decision a little bit easier, though, for Carolina. Yeah, and he's got a lot of time to play left this year, too. So, uh, yeah, I think, he again, same kind of position, uh, either your backup QB or by week issue, but that's someone I would be targeting if you needed it. So that's why I wanted to bring him up. Is there any other quarterbacks you want to get into before I rip into running backs? Uh, definitely quarterbacks that have somewhat taken a little bit of a hit in terms of their draft stock is Daniel Jones. He's yep. somebody that I think you're expecting. I'm expecting a, a real big bounce back week this week. The Giants play the Jets. Uh, Daniel Jones needs to really get into gear here because um, on the primetime slot against the Dallas Cowboys on a Monday night, he was turning the ball over, dropping the fumbling the ball, uh, not really putting up much of an effort offensively. You expect a big bounce back game from him. I expect a big bounce back game from him. And for all the people that were listing him as Danny Dimes, we need to see Danny Dimes make a little bit of a comeback here, especially against the New York Jets, who are reeling after a loss to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, could be could be one of the worst teams. Yeah, you're losing to the Dolphins. But absolutely. I mean, I do like that they're generally always down, so he's got to throw the ball. So the upside there is there, that he's going to be throwing the ball and you need touchdowns, you know what I mean, instead of being running the ball and being up. I doubt they're really going to be up much this year. I mean, this could be one of the games where they are up, but it could be from his quarterback play. So I do think he needs a bounce back week, especially before the bye, and then he's got a well, hard matchup against the Bears after that, but I agree. I think we need to see more out of him, though, on my end. And especially when you have, to my point with Kyle Allen, when you have a, a running back like Saquon Barkley um, on Monday night in particular, I won my matchup in, in my league that I've commissioned for about 10 years now based off the fact that Daniel Jones did a three-step drop, threw it to Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley then ran it 65 yards down the field. So when you have a a quarterback that has an electrifying running back like that, that he leans on, um, that is a bonus for Daniel Jones's value. And, and Saquon Barkley, I think, is running back that is kind of underachieved so far this season, especially based on where he was drafted. I expect that to turn around, though, with this tasty, juicy matchup against the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, I think he's primed for a good game, too. But I guess with that, then let's get into some running backs. Um, the number one I want to get into is Kenyon Drake. I mean, he gets traded. Is he going to be a viable starter now? I mean, he had a great week. I mean, what happens with him? Uh, over right, and, right, and this goes back to um, the last time we, we talked on this awesome show in regards to Arizona and in regards to David Johnson. David mm -hmm. Johnson has had, you know, nicks and bumps and bruises and, and some really um, tough injuries these last few years. And from what I've read, it, it appears as if David Johnson, from what I've heard, it appears as David Johnson – is going to play, uh, but but how effective is he going to be? And are the Arizona Cardinals somewhat rushing him back? Uh, are the Arizona Cardinals kind of putting him back into the lineup just based on the dimension that he brings of, of fear to an opposing defense? I think so. I don't think David Johnson is, is 100%. I don't even know if David Johnson is 50%. And if that's the case, you got to get Kenyon Drake and you got to put him in your lineup because I think if David Johnson does play, Kenyon Drake will still get his touches no matter what. Even if David Johnson is healthy, they do not want to force feed David Johnson the ball and re-injure him, um, you know, where it could linger into even, you know, next season and linger into his, his preparation to, to get ready next season. Because let's be honest, the Arizona Cardinals 
we're not going into this season thinking, oh, we're going to go try to win a Super Bowl. They are in a transition. Um, and I think with the injuries that David Johnson has had, that was a great trade by Arizona to go get a young running back that was desperate to be featured in an offense. And obviously that showed where he ran to the tune of, you know, 28 points in my league at the very least. Um, and I yep. don't think he can consistently do that week in, week out. 15 to 20 points. If Kenyon Drake is getting the ball, he's going to do something with it for sure. Yeah, I mean, 15 touches, 110 yards, touchdown. He had four receptions, 52 yards. I mean, he's 25 years old. I guess that's still young for a running back out of Alabama. I think he's ready to go. And like you said, I think David Johnson being back but not 100% healthy is great for him because they're going to be scheming around him. Kenyon Drake there, I don't even know what to When he was on Miami, no one knew what Kenyon Drake could do. No one uses him. Never knew really? why. Finally, the Cardinals were like, screw it, let's use him, <laughs> Trevo, and he did well. So, yeah, I think he's a great target to have. I, unfortunately, didn't get him, but I did want him. He's got a favorable matchup against Tampa Bay this week. So, let's see how that goes, right? Yeah, that's that's as good a matchup as you could have coming off of a, a really good game. Sometimes with running backs, too, they have this really, really, really good game, and then their next matchup is against a defense like New England or Seattle or something like that, where with uh, Kenyon Drake, he had a great week last week, and now he gets an even better matchup this upcoming week against Tampa Bay. And I got to say, too, dating back to his years in Miami, he had a really solid season in Miami. And then the next season, Frank Gore was in the fold in Miami, and Frank Gore got you know a lot of touches and ran to the tune of 700 yards and kind of took touches away from Kenyon Drake. But now finally, not only is Kenyon Drake on a little bit better of a team, but he's actually going to get the ball. And I think um, we might see a situation there in terms of what could happen with David Johnson and the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake might end up being the starter for Arizona and David Johnson might not even be in Arizona. And, and, you know, at this time next year, maybe the year after that, I could definitely see them moving on from him because he's just had some really um, tough injuries these last few years. And as you said, Kenyon Drake, 25 years old and and ready to run and ready to make an impact for sure. Yeah, only drafted in 2016. And I also like that he did this against San Francisco, who has a great D-line. They play Tampa Bay, and they go back to San Francisco. So that would be another fun one to watch to see how they do again. But other running backs I want to talk about. Um, Melvin Gordon, finally back. I mean, I think it's safe to say, at least on my end, that I'm starting Melvin Gordon over Eckler now. I don't want to say Eckler's not... Uh, a viable option, but it just seems like they're going to start feeding Gordon like they were doing last year, and he should start blowing up again. Right. I, I completely agree, and, and this goes back to what we kind of talked about on, on a previous show, is that it was almost as if Melvin Gordon was not quite ready to... Snap counted, pretty much, it seems yeah, like they were doing. Right, right. They were snap counting him. They were really kind of holding him back because he wasn't really in the swing of things because they didn't have that crucial offseason preparation that maybe an Austin Eckler had, whereas now Melvin Gordon looked like Melvin Gordon. Uh, it, it, it really um, was awesome to see because he's such a fun, entertaining running back to watch. His vision uh, through the tackles, his vision when the ball is, is thrown to him, he can just really find that alley and run right through it. And I really enjoy watching him. I've been a fan of his, enjoyed watching him play, and I've had him on many fantasy teams. And unfortunately, I did trade him because I just didn't really know the situation with the Chargers and, and Gordon and Eckler. And I still think, as you said, Eckler will be a, a, a force or a, or a featured player in the offense as well. PPR. Up a bit. PPR, right. Um, but Melvin Gordon, 
I think now top five fantasy running back. I think you can expect great production from him the rest of the way uh, with the Chargers really trying to win some games here and trying to make a push. Um, Melvin Gordon is the catalyst of that offense as great as Phillip Rivers is. Uh, Melvin Gordon is the, is the most talented player on that offense by far, in my opinion. Um, and I think that uh, Melvin Gordon can be locked and loaded, ready to rock. I think he's got some good matchups ahead of him as well. And uh, he's, he's got a lot of juice in those legs because he has had that holdout. He didn't play those games. He didn't go through those snaps. And it'll be very interesting to see what takes place with Melvin Gordon the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I kept him. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the train now. So let's go. <laughs> but and I got OK, so I brought this up on the last episode, Jamal Williams, and I say it. First off, I kind of said it as a sub or a, a you know bye week issue, but he's still the past four weeks he has been balling out in terms of fantasy production. He's had a touchdown in his last four weeks receiving. Um, he's had 16, 18, 13, 23. He's a viable fantasy running back given PPR because that's where he's getting all these points from, and I think respect should be due there. And no, I, you know what I mean. I I feel like he's not talked about enough. He's a great backup, and he's a great. Someone to target if need be. And I also wanted to get into, I'm going to talk trades later, but I think this is a great trade target because no one thinks that high of him. So if someone did have him, you could trade practically nothing for him. Right. He's not really a huge name because he hasn't really established consistent production up until this season. He's had some productive games and here and there, but this season he has had week in, week out um, consistent production. And I think kind of goes back to, just the real situation with Green Bay's offense. When you look at a player like Jamal Williams, you ask yourself, how is he getting this week in, week out production? Packers have had devastating injuries to their wide receiver core. Devontae Adams has been in and out of the lineup throughout the season this year. So um, I think Jamal Williams has reaped the benefits of that, reaped the rewards of that, and has had a lot of the touches because at some point you have to say to yourself as a fantasy football owner, and I tell people this all the time, the touches have to go somewhere when you're in an offense, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers likes to spread the ball around, but Aaron Rodgers likes to rely on the people that make plays yards after catch. Jamal Williams has done that. That You look at his production. I guarantee you, if you look week in, week out, at his statistical production each, each week, most of his yardage is yards after the catch. This guy is so tough to bring down. And as a PPR running back, I would say that he might even be better than Austin Eckler at this point. I'd say his stock is trending upward, whereas Austin Eckler's stock is trending downward for obvious reasons with Melvin Gordon in the fold. So if you're looking to maybe replace that Austin Eckler dimension from your lineup, Jamal, Jamal Williams would be the guy. That would That is the yep. guy to go get because, as you said, he's not a household name yet. Um, and there's a lot of guys with the last name Williams in the league, so he just kind of flies under the radar. Yeah, seriously. I'm not sure. Maybe that is it. Maybe I'm onto something there. But yeah, it's just the Williams last name. No one's even thinking about it. No one's. Everyone's like, oh, there's another Williams on another team. But Green Bay, the the ball has to go somewhere. And with Devontae Adams out, at one point they had Lazard as one of their wide receivers one week, and then um, Valdez Scantling had a big week, and it was just kind of a, a Rubik's cube of wide receivers that did really well, but Jamal Williams was the constant in that offense, was the consistent force in that offense these last few weeks. And I got to say, if you're an owner of Aaron Jones, I would be a little bit frustrated because I have a, a 
team uh, in my league that owns both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Who do you start? Who, who do you, what, what do you, what do you do in that situation? That is a situation that I would hate to be in. And I'm thankful I'm not in that situation. <laughs> I'd, it almost would come to the point where you would start Aaron Jones as your running back and Jamal Williams as a flex, but like a receiver flex. You know what I mean? Because Aaron Jones is getting the floor work. He gets a lucky touchdown. Not a lucky touchdown, but a touchdown on the ground. And then Aaron right, Rodgers right. is throwing him to Jamal Williams. I mean, the point is not to mention Jamal Williams is only 24 years old. That dude is young. He was drafted in 2017. I mean, the skill is there, but that's also what the Packers do. They're they're both great players. So I just think the value's there. He, I mean, he's owned I, in this league. He's 66, percent but I mean, he's open. You know, like you could or you can easily trade for him. Yeah. So and his ownership percentage too. I always love to look at the ownership percentages too because I think that really speaks to the value of a player. And when his ownership percentage is 66 percent in ESPN leagues, and as far as Yahoo leagues, I, I don't think his ownership percentage is even that high. So I think he's somebody that people have just um, looked past for whatever reason, and uh, I'm thankful because I think he's somebody that could be a trade target. In Yahoo leagues, his ownership percentage has gone up 13%, up to 75 So yep. that's within the last week. So he's trending upward, and he's somebody that Green Bay really likes. I, I Definitely want to mention as well, um, the week that he got hurt against the Philadelphia Eagles, that really changed that game for Green Bay. Their offense did not run as efficiently as it was when he was in there. So he is a definite threat that Aaron Rodgers really likes to use. And I think that says a lot because you know it as well as I do. If Aaron Rodgers believes that one person is a threat, then that guy is going to get the ball no matter what. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And they ended up losing that game against the Eagles as well in week right. four. Yep. Right. No, he, he's definitely a part of that offense. Now, I have one more running back I'd like yes. to talk to, talk about. David Montgomery on the Bears. Is he finally blowing the doors open here or what? I sure hope so because I know a lot of fantasy owners that, that really took him high, especially in dynasty leagues where you get to keep the player year in and year out. And obviously Montgomery is a rookie. And David Montgomery, for some of the most mind-numbing, head-scratching reasons, just was not getting the ball. You, you couldn't explain it. You, and especially when Mitch Trubisky was struggling at the level that he was and actually still is, you would think that the Chicago Bears and, and Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears, who is a offensive-minded coach, would use David Montgomery as this security blanket, as this running back that Mitch Trubisky could lean on. And for whatever reason, up until now, they decided – that they should do that. I, I don't know why. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't think they could even tell us why it took them this long to feature David Montgomery in the offense. But what a wrecking ball of a, of a debut. He came in like a wrecking ball, David Montgomery. Literally. Wow. Uh, he, he really impressed me this past week. And his stock is, is through the roof, I think, because Chicago knows that this guy needs to get the ball and anytime a, a team knows that this guy's going to get the ball much like Devin Singletary in Buffalo feed Montgomery feed Singletary because you have a quarterback that's young and Trubisky and Allen that are just not quite there yet as far as calling the plays and moving the chains via the air they're just not there yet they're young they're learning they're growing and you know in Mitch Trubisky's case, case in college he had limited starting experience he only started one year and Josh Allen wasn't really playing the best collegiate competition. 
whereas Montgomery and Singletary were really solid running backs in college. They need to be relied on. And I think David Montgomery, uh, to get back to the, to the uh, player subject matter, I think that Montgomery is trending upward uh, throughout the rest of the season, no doubt about it. And he needs to be started in, in a flex slot, or if you need running back help, that's the guy that you need to put in your lineup for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's finally going to turn that corner, I guess is the way to put it, or the way I see it. Um, but any other running backs you want to get into before we jump into some wide receivers? Uh, off the top of my head, you know, I think that the elite of the elite, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, I think McCaffrey has been the best of all three, no doubt about it. But I definitely think within the next few weeks here, Ezekiel Elliott is going to really start to turn it on. Um, he had 139 yards last week. He had no catches, which was a little weird to me um, because typically he does have a few. I think you're going to start to see him get more touches if that's even possible. But I think he, he really yeah. will. And more, so, more, so the, more so the matchups are better for him these next few weeks. And Saquon Barkley, the same thing, as, as I said earlier, you know, plays the New York Jets this week has had some mediocre games here and there, especially based on where he was drafted. Most leagues, he was drafted as the first overall pick. So for a position that has its cream of the crop in terms of McCaffrey, um, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley, for a position like that to still have those guys with some question marks, that's a little bit odd, wouldn't you say, at this point in the season, for those guys to not be consistent, you know, 25 to 30 point getters. Where then you got guys like David Montgomery and Devin Singletary who were drafted maybe seventh to tenth round that have had that big game that maybe Saquon Barkley hasn't even had yet. So the running back position has been a little bit weird this season, and I think that there is reason to be a little bit um, perplexed by that. But I think that those guys will definitely bounce back. And when you have guys like Montgomery and and Devin Singletary trending upward, hopefully those guys are on your team to kind of – cushion that blow yeah absolutely that's actually even said um before the season started about Saquon Barkley never judged his skill I mean the guy's an absolute monster he's a unit I mean there's no question there I just was nervous about that whole team I mean they're down every game I mean yeah you can run when you're down but they're always down and need to get back in the game I don't know if that's the best probably is if you got him out of the backfield but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not the great team for it. Where you're looking at, um, for instance, Ezekiel Elliott, the dude is just, they're usually up. Not always, but, I mean, he's getting 23, 19, 18, 28 touches a game against the Jets. Like, what the, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much more consistency in the touches, which is why, like, Zeke, and then same for McCaffrey, because he's getting touches and out of the backfield. Um, But, yeah, just kind of a recap at this part in the season. Um, But in the receivers... You know who I think is a good target, and I don't know how long it'll last, but Zach Pascal, or however you pronounce it, on the right. course because yeah, of T.Y. Hilton being out. I agree. I agree. T.Y. Hilton being out definitely changes that dynamic of that offense. And I, I mentioned him when we were discussing Brian Hoyer. When you have T.Y. Hilton out, you, you have to really cushion weather that blow immediately because most leagues he was drafted, not high, but but drafted with the intent and with the purpose that he would be in your lineup every single week. And now that he is out, it's like, wow, you know, you got to replace that player. I have T Y Hilton. I tried to monitor the situation as much as I could. Um, And when he was listed as out kind of early in the week, I thought, Oh boy, that's not good because typically when it's closer to the game time, 
and a team decides that they are going to um, sit a player, you can kind of understand that he, he's got a real good shot to be back next week, the following week, yep. where with T.Y. Hilton, they said early in the week that he was out. I'm a little bit worried that T.Y. Hilton could be out for now multiple weeks. And if that's the case, you have to get Pascal. You have to go out and get him because Brian Hoyer and Brissett, um, no matter who the quarterback is in, in Indy, this upcoming week, they will be targeting him um, because he is a force. He's got great measurables. He's he's strong. Uh, he's elusive with the ball in his hands. And uh, I think that he's going to be a good player for this offense, even when T.Y. Hilton does come back. So go out, get him if he's still available, because, you know, once again, when one player goes down, those touches have to go somewhere. And on and the train keeps moving. The train never stops. Right. Yep. So Pascal. Put him in your lineup and, and get him ready. And I think that, you know, maybe Brian Hoyer is not the most ideal quarterback that you would have throwing him the ball, but desperate times call for desperate measures. You're only as good as your backup. Um, hopefully that doesn't hinder Pascal. Hopefully Hoyer can get him the ball efficiently and effectively. Yeah, for sure. So two things. Actually, yeah, he, first off, he's only 24 again. Super young, ready to rip. But, yeah, T.Y. Hilton uh, five days ago, three to four weeks is what they're saying. Uh, non-contact yeah, so three to four weeks if he's out for three to four weeks it's a huge chunk of fantasy when you only got so many weeks and you need a player again as we just talked about this would be your guy then or you'd hope but i think it's a great bet to pick him up hopefully he can kind of fill in for ty hilton i mean you never know could do better when you really think about he, it he's he super could, young yeah, yeah he this could is where they blow the doors open he's super young and he hasn't had any injuries, whereas T.Y. Hilton has had injuries. So, yep. you know, is this, a, is this going to be a recurring injury? Now I got all sorts of question marks flying over my head, like a cartoon character wondering when the heck is T.Y. Hilton going to be back? Because I think worst case scenario, sometimes like when Pat Mahomes dislocated his kneecap, the horror that that was for me as a fantasy owner with Pat Mahomes on my team, uh, man, I, I really thought he was out for the season. I really did. I mean, so, again, and we talked about that. That would just be devastating for all of football. Everyone wanted him to play. Right, right. And he's such a superstar and he's such a personality that um, people gravitate to him. So it's good to see that, that he'll probably be back this week. Yep, yep. That's what it's, and, that's what it's uh, looking, looking like, yes. Or they could wait a week. But, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, right. And one other receiver I really want to talk about, um, another kind of low flyer, but Devontae Parker. Um, I don't yep. know if you've seen his stats as of lately. I think one, two, three, four, in the last five games, he's got four touchdowns. In terms of PPR, I mean, he's had great stats. Uh, when you think about it, they're always down. The ball's got to go somewhere. I mean, given they did win against the Jets, but you know what I mean? They're going to keep losing. That team is atrocious, but I don't care if the quarterback throws six interceptions. He's going to get yards. Where's it going to yes, go? Yes, he is. Yes, but he Parker's is. looking to be the guy. You know what I mean? Right. It's going to go somewhere. You know, for the Miami fans out there, you know, as much as I like to, you know, kind of rag on Miami for being a rival, the rival of the Buffalo Bills, my favorite team, obviously, uh, your favorite team as well. I like to kind of poke and prod and, and make fun of them a little bit here and there. But you know what? I will give the benefit of the doubt to the Miami Dolphins because for as bad a team as they are, for as untalented a team as they are, they have actually impressed me quite a lot these last few weeks. I mean, against Buffalo, they were up at halftime. Pittsburgh, I believe they were up at halftime as well, or at the very least, they were hanging with Pittsburgh. They ended up losing that game. 
Yep. But then against the Jets, they just blew the blew the roof off the place um, in in uh, Miami. And not that there is a roof, but you get the point. The fans yeah. that were there were were enjoying themselves. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, man, he, he just always seems to find a way to throw for 180 to 250 yards. It, it's like he, he just he always seems to find a way, even with the lack of talent around them. Um, Mike Jacecki is a tight end that I'm really high on. If, if you're looking for a tight end, uh, he's, he's been featured in the offense. Devonte Parker uh, is a receiver that I picked up actually to weather the blow of, of T Y Hilton going out. So it's pretty, it's a pretty fun segue here as yeah. we we're just discussing T Y Hilton. And now Devonte Parker is actually the guy that I picked up uh, because Preston Williams is out. Preston Williams had a, had an injury. He, he might be out this week. And if that's the case, Devonte Parker has been a, receiver in this offense for a few years now that has underachieved mostly due to the quarterback that's been throwing to him. And, you know, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is a better fit for a receiver like Devontae Parker, where Fitzpatrick likes to throw the slants over the middle. Devontae Parker is that quick cut receiver. I really like Devontae Parker. Uh, I thought of him as a potential uh, trade target. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills, I talked about that on my podcast. If the Bills were to do an interdivision trade inside the AFC East, Devontae Parker might be a receiver that Buffalo could tra- trade for for maybe a fourth or fifth round pick if Miami's really trying to sell their all their assets and really go full tank mode. But um, Devontae Parker's still a Miami Dolphin. And even so, with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing to him, I think Devontae Parker could be solid because, as we've said, you know, time or two, the touch has got to go somewhere. Devontae Parker. Really, I think that if they really start to use him in a lot of different ways in Miami, I think these next few weeks here, his production could be even better than what it's been. Um, and, and with Preston Williams out, that really helps his case. And Brian Flores, B-Flow, as they call him, for as bad as this team is, I got to give him credit. He has prepared the Miami Dolphins to play. The players have come to play. They've played a lot of close games. They they've are. fought really, really hard. And they have no the one of the most talentless teams I've ever seen. I will I will say that they are. But the coach has kept them in games. I can't say the same for Adam Gase. Oh, yeah, don't <laughs> even get me started over there. Don't even get me started. Um, now I do have one more receiver I want to talk about. Actually, I forgot Christian Kirk. I think it's time for him to blow the gates out. I really do. Because he had, what, I think it was four weeks, or sorry, three weeks off. He came back, had a great week against New Orleans. And he had a down week last week against San Francisco. But they play Tampa Bay this week. Right. I think it's time to shine. And, I, and even to be fair, his first three weeks were pretty good, too. I mean, he even seems like a gadget guy. See, they give him some runs attempts here and there. I think he's a great player. And I also think he's a good trade target because I think a lot of people are down on him for the injury and the stats not really being there. I don't think it reflects him as a player. Right. And again, man, we're we're talking about players that are actually on my fantasy team in my fantasy league that I've commissioned for like 10 years. Christian Kirk is a guy that I, I love Christian Kirk. I think he has the potential to be one of the better young up and coming receivers in the national football league. And with Kyler Murray throwing the ball to him, Kyler Murray is such a electrifying playmaker. He, he's he's a quarterback that can that can extend plays, whereas Christian Kirk is like the sandlot type of receiver that will run the complete opposite direction of the route that he's running just to get the ball. This guy wants the ball. This guy wants to play. 
it's it's not for the, the fact that he doesn't want to play or anything like that. This guy has had some nagging injuries, and it has been so frustrating for me because I looked at Christian Kirk as this true sleeper uh, draft pick by the Arizona Cardinals, as well as for fantasy purposes. I looked at Christian yep. Kirk as, as a true sleeper fantasy wide receiver, and hopefully, you know, we got four weeks left, and at least in my leagues of the regular season, and I hope Christian Kirk really uh, comes out swinging, comes out ready to play, because as we said, the matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a really great matchup for Christian Kirk to come out of the woodwork here and, and really make an impact. And I think he will, you know, I think he, I think he definitely will. If he's as healthy as they're saying he is, um, they were very cautious bringing him back, knowing that, you know, he had an injury that he played through, re-aggravated it, and then it, it put him out for a couple of weeks. They were really cautious bringing him back. So I'm really hoping that, you know, he is fully 100% and he'll make an impact for this team. And, I think with the new running dimension of Kenyon Drake as well, that'll definitely help Christian Kirk um, in, in a lot of different ways. So, yeah, and generally, going. yeah, and generally being down to throwing the ball, the the opportunity right. is going to be there. So, yeah, hundred percent. Now, for the end of the show, which won't end too soon, but I want to get in some trade targets or shipouts. Okay, so I have a couple players that I want to ask you. Now, when you when you hear the player, though, you got to think of it this way. Um, even if you think they're like doing bad now, do you think you should trade for them because they're going to stay up or you're going to stay away or you're going to dump them? You see what I'm saying? So I'll start with the first guy, OBJ. OBJ. Yeah. So you could, so I, I would probably say dump him because I feel like he's not going to have, you know, do what he's been OBJ the past for years, I guess is the way I'm trying to put it, you know what I mean? Try to get someone else. But you could look at it on the other side and say, you know what? Someone's going to dump him cheap. I'm going to scoop him now and see where we go. So how are you feeling on that guy? I would I would stay with OBJ. I would okay. I would I would stay strong with OBJ because I think for as bad as this Cleveland offense has been, uh, and there's a lot of reasons to say why it has been as bad as it is, most of which involve Baker Mayfield, uh, some of which involve the offensive line. And as I've said on the Thomas Takeover postgame show, your players are only as good as the coaches. The, the coaches put the play, the, the coach's job is to put the players in the positions to succeed. And for the life of me, uh, watching the Cleveland Browns, it was a fourth and short situation uh, where Baker Mayfield had OBJ open and they threw the ball to Chubb and it got stuffed or something like that, uh, if memory serves me right. Just didn't uh, work. <laughs> just didn't work at all. And, I mean, OBJ, I think knowing that with as painfully obvious as, with pain, with as, painfully obvious as it is, I should say, that OBJ needs to get the ball, I think that they will get him the ball. It's not for lack of targets. I believe he's had eight targets these last few weeks, um, at least on average eight targets. The guy should be getting 12 to 15. Uh, it should be double than, than what he's getting because I think, and I've said this a bunch of times, as far as a game-breaking talent at wide receiver, there is no better than, Ob- than Odell Beckham Jr. There is no better than OBJ. Uh, Michael Thomas is a receiver that I really enjoy, not just because we have the same last name, but it's because right. he knows how to take over, just like me. He takes over the games. OBJ needs to do the same. OBJ should be doing the same. If this offense is as good as we thought it would be, 
he would be doing that. Um, and I think he will. I would, I'm, I'm holding on to him because really I, I don't think he's tradable right now. Um, I, I, with, with how poor this offense is played, people would just be buying the name and uh, you wouldn't get what you really should get for Odell Beckham Jr., which is a starter week in, week out player. Yeah. I accept, but let's go back to the trade that I did actually end up doing, RTT. I traded oh, wow. OBJ. Yeah, I traded the OBJ and Eckler for Stefan Diggs and Le'Veon Bell. And thank God I got pretty – because right. it got vetoed. We tried it again and went through. <laughs> yeah, and, and thank God um, they just did the MRI on Le'Veon Bell's knee. No structural damage. So it looks like it probably should pay off for me then, I think so, because I don't yeah. think Eckler's going to be – well, hopefully not as good as Le'Veon Bell. And I wanted to get risky with it. So I did do that trade, though. I, I, I did dump him. But I would have, I would have done the exact. See, that that trade, you're getting two solid weekly starters, where yeah. with Austin Eckler, there's questions. And obviously, OBJ hasn't really competed at the at the level. I think it's, it's not because of OBJ. It's just because of the offense and the team that he's on. Yep. If he was on any other team in any other – solid situation with a solid quarterback and offensive line. Maybe if he was still on the Giants, he would yeah. be doing far better yeah. than what he's doing I think, Cleveland. <laughs> I agree. I think if he was on the Giants, I wouldn't have moved him at all. I think he would have right. I wouldn't even have thought about it. But right, um right. to the next guy, we actually kind of talked about it already a little bit, but David Montgomery. So first off, I mm-hmm. wouldn't trade him, but I would say target him if you didn't have him. You know what I, I mean? Would, Maybe right. someone doesn't think he's going to blow up just yet, where I think he's going to. I think you're on the same boat. So I think this would be a great trade target. I agree completely. And in a league where, you know, David Montgomery, as we said, it took forever to see this type of production from him. And it was really annoying. It made no sense to me that they waited this long to really feature Montgomery in the offense. Uh, Tariq Cohen hasn't done anything all season long. Uh, David Montgomery, it was only a matter of time before he blew up. And if you have a fantasy owner in your league, that's, that's kind of, uh, you can kind of play tricks on some of them, you know, some, some of them maybe haven't been playing as long as you have or whatnot. Maybe say, Hey, you know, this guy only did have only one good week. And are you, do you really think he's going to do that every week? Maybe, maybe try to pitch it to the trade partner that way. Uh, yep. trying to, trying to get David Montgomery. I think that's the best thing, the best way you could get david montgomery is trying yeah. to sell it in. yeah you don't really need him don't worry about it i'll take him off your hands and take right, right. yeah you know you gotta word it right we got you you right. can message us if you need help we'll word it correctly or there's no problems with that right. <laughs> now um david montgomery just try to try to sell that <laughs> I, yeah i was actually just gonna say i should have brought this up when i talked about my trade eckler was my next ship out guy um and I, i'm not even saying that again he's not gonna do awful but it's the stats he's had all year I mean, you should be able to talk that up to someone if they don't totally know, hopefully. You know, you could easily be like, look at his stats all year and give me someone else. <laughs> That's the best way I could put it. I, I agree. And, I mean, it's it's a real tough situation for Austin Eckler because I think if he was on any other team, he would probably be a week-in, week-out fantasy starter. But yep. with Melvin Gordon being one of the more electrifying runners in the league, you know, I mentioned – McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. I'd put Melvin Gordon at, at four right there. You know, I yeah. put put him right there easily uh, as being one of those guys. And with Melvin Gordon really in the swing of things of, of the rigmarole of an NFL season, Austin Eckler is just not going to get the touches that he got when Melvin Gordon wasn't on the team. It's just it's just not going to happen. It would be disrespectful to Melvin Gordon, frankly, 
to yeah. still give Austin Eckler the amount of touches that he was getting, you know, early on in the season. They know what Melvin Gordon is. They've known that since they drafted him. And oh. uh, if, if you know that Melvin Gordon is is back and in the full swing of things, you definitely have to understand that Austin Eckler is not going to give you the production that, that he gave you early on in the season when, when Gordon wasn't on the team. So I would try to ship Austin Eckler. There are a lot of running backs that are injured. Uh, you know, obviously the situation in Detroit is a, is a real mess as far as their running back situation. Yep. If you have a, a team that is uh, reeling from that carry on Johnson injury, I would definitely try to ship Austin Eckler to that team. Yeah, that'd be exactly. That'd be a great ploy. You'd say, it, again, it's probably going to work in PPR, but right. in PPR though. Yeah. You could easily get something for that. Get a nice receiver if you need them. Um, or yeah, maybe even tight end. You never know. Depends what right. you need. But uh, yeah, it's like a great trade target. Or, and well, it's, and it's funny too. Like now, nowadays we talk like PPR or non PPR. I I would love to get like just throwing this out there randomly. I would love to get a percentage of what leagues are PPR and what leagues aren't because I feel like PPR has dominated fantasy football in the last like five ten years. I, I think so too. I know. I think so too. And you know what? I'll get a poll out. And we'll talk about it next yeah. show because that, that's yeah, actually yeah. a really great question. I generally talk PPR now because I feel like everyone does it. Um, right. Standard really seems phased out. I'm in a half yeah. PPR one, but everything else, yeah, seems to be PPR, and that just seems to be the go-to. But, yeah, yeah, I, I guess it would be nice to know. You should get a point for a catch, right? Yeah, I mean, no, that, I, that, absolutely, yeah. Because especially some of those, yeah, you get like a five-yard catch. If you're in standard, you're not getting any points for that. <laughs> you don't get even a thing. Yeah, so no, I agree. I like it. So yep. we'll yep. do a poll. We'll see how that yeah, goes. Do, we'll run that on Twitter, and, and your Twitter is usually piping hot, so you'll get a lot of votes on that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so yeah, everyone vote. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, next guy, Juju Smith-Schuster. What would you do with him? Uh, I would trade him. So you're dumping them. Um, I, I would send them. Yeah, I, w- I would dump them, trade them. I would send them packing because, as we talked about before, uh, the production just hasn't been there. And even worse, another injury that that hit, that hit me where it hurt. Um, James Conner. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I I think that's going to hurt them a lot because I think it's actually going to hurt Juju Smith Schuster the most because now they have a running back in Jalen Samuels that's playing that is a pure pass catching running back. I mean, he'll, he'll take catches away from um, Juju Smith Schuster. And, and even, even at that Juju Smith Schuster hasn't really had a good year with James Conner in the lineup. So yeah. I, I would, I would have traded Juju Smith Schuster, you know, three, four weeks ago when we were first really talking about it, I said, I'd hope, you know, maybe these next two weeks that, that he would bounce back and just doesn't seem like he has had a great season. And, where he was drafted, he, he has been a true bust. I hate to say Yeah, that. he's a definition of bust this year. Right. Not his right. skill, just the, his fantasy just goes situation. bust. Right. Yeah, his big bust. has not been ideal. And if Big Ben was still playing, he'd be top 15, top 10. But that's not that's not the case. And Mason Rudolph, you know, another quarterback that's kind of uh, fumbled his way through games here and there, as well as Josh Allen and, and Daniel Jones from a fantasy perspective. Mason Rudolph has had moments where he's looked just awful. And then he's had moments where he's looked serviceable and decent. So when you have that as, as a quarterback, a guy that's just kind of finding his way through the NFL, um, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to fall by the wayside. And 
I would definitely trade him away if you if you still have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and here's another guy that we actually talked about a bit, uh, Christian Kirk. I personally think this is a great target guy because of the injuries he's had, and I think I kind of already talked about this on the show, but just the fact that his stats aren't padded because of all that timeout and no one really knows what he's got, but I feel like he's going to be a great player, and I feel like you can get him low. So I, yep. I don't think you have to give up too much to get him. Or I wouldn't even really mad about giving up in, in the middle. But, yeah, I just think that would be a great player to target. How do you think? I, I agree. And I, I, for the reasons that we were saying, you know, I think to an owner that is trying to, to trade away Christian Kirk for anything, uh, you could kind of get that said owner to, to bite on the fact that there is a lot of uncertainty in Arizona with a new running back in Kenyon Drake, with a new quarterback in Kyler Murray. Um, and Arizona isn't really looked at as fantasy offense heaven, let's be honest. So I can't, I can't really say that, but I think that Christian Kirk is, is week in week out when healthy, one of the few guys that you could count on each week, um, from that Arizona Cardinals offense. So I would buy low on him and, and really sell him as a solid every week wide receiver three. And, And that's what I would expect, you know, from him from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so target them. <laughs> and I got one more. I don't know if you have any. One more player, Devin Singletary. We have to get our bills in there. I think <laughs> I think he could be a target only because – and I don't go too high on him, but it seems like they're finally starting to get him incorporated. They're like, okay, this guy's a game changer. Um, right. You know what I mean? He needs the ball. Like right. what they should have realized, but it seems like it's not like, yeah, he needs the ball. He's going to get right. the ball. The touches are going to be there. Touchdowns seem to be there. Um, right. And I, especially, I guess you're probably, if you're in Buffalo, you're probably going to have a lot of Bills fans in there might not want to part ways, but I mean, what do you think? I think this would be a great guy to target. I have had uh, so many criticisms for Brian Dable. It's, it's been one of the main topics on the Thomas takeover post game show Sunday nights at seven. On the Sunday nights at seven. Sports Twitter. Plug it, plug it. <laughs> plug it, plug it, yeah. Um, but I've had so many criticisms for him, and, and my main criticism uh, is the fact that they did not get Devin Singletary involved in the offense uh, when he first came back. Granted, you know, he, he did have a nagging hamstring injury uh, that tightened up on him, and, and it got a little bit worse with some of the stuff that they were trying to do to remedy the situation. But he's back now, 100% healthy. Um, and man, if I had Devin Singletary on my team, he would be locked and loaded with a huge grin and a huge smile in my flex slot, because this guy is, is going to really give you that solid running back flex production that is so valuable to a, to a fantasy football team in any year when you have a running back that is getting 25 to 27 points as a flex running back, because you know that that guy is going to get the touches in that offense. I just, man, I, I really am excited um, just from a fan perspective of the bills as well. And obviously from a fantasy perspective, I'm excited that he was featured in the offense this week. Now they do play Cleveland this upcoming week, which I think Cleveland's one of those weird teams. As we said, they're two and six and the sky is kind of falling in on them. It's only a matter of time, though, before one of those teams like Cleveland that has had that rough start really just bites down on the on the mouthpiece and, and plays well. And, and especially they could do it at home. So I'm kind of a little bit leery of that. And Cleveland's defense has been so, so they could they could really zero in on Devin Singletary and stack things up because Buffalo doesn't really have 
the most weapons in their offense. They got some weapons, but but nothing like you know OBJ and Jarvis Landry to to give you an example. So yeah, um, Devin Singletary is definitely a guy that I would try to trade for. But I gotta tell you, I think the situation in Buffalo, knowing what it is, and and if you're playing in a league with your friends that live in Buffalo. Uh, and live in the Western New York area, he's got to be probably the the hardest player to trade for at this yeah. point. Uh, he would be a much harder player to trade for than than let's just say you know David Montgomery or maybe even Austin Eckler. You know, yeah. you have to I, pry I, him out of people's hands. You you really would, and I mean he is that catalyst to their offense. And Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, walked up to him after the game. Frank Gore said, you know, to AP, go go meet Devin Singletary and. AP was Devin Singletary's favorite running back as a, as a kid. So that was a really cool moment to see Adrian Peterson give this guy the, the, uh, the dap and say, Hey man, you know, who yeah. are you? Where'd you, where'd you come from? He, those were his exact words. He's like, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah, who the hell is um, this guy? That was, that was really cool. And I think that Devin Singletary is going to leave a lot of people saying, who the hell is this guy? Because he is going to continue to break out uh, as long as they, Put the put him in the right situations and use him the right way, like they did last week. I I am really excited for Devin Singletary from fantasy perspective, from a fan perspective. Um, I hope that it continues for sure. Yeah, I agree. And actually, there was one other person I wanted to bring up, <laughs> David Johnson. Yep. What do you think yep. about him? Would you be just like uh, leaving him? Would you be trying to dump him? Or would you maybe be I, trying to trade for him in the sense that maybe people are down on him? Right. I would, um, if you're in a real bind running back wise, depending on the, the size league that you're in, whether it's a 12 team or, or even a 14 team league, um, and you're really in a bind running back wise, I would try to trade for him. Um, you, you'd like to see him get more touches, but at the same time, if I'm in a league that's less than 12 teams, I'm waiting this situation out. He's, he's on my bench. And I'm, I'm trying to find out how many touches he's going to get in this next week. And depending on that, you could really waiting it out with David Johnson could be a good idea, but it also could be a really bad idea because yeah. if David Johnson doesn't get as many touches this week as well, then, then he's droppable. Um, because Kenyon Drake, as we said, he's 25 years old. He's been itching to really be a factor in the league. He's been a factor in the league. He helped the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots on that hook and ladder play last season. He's a great running back. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Kenyon Drake. It's, it's uh, astounding that it took him this long to really make his impact in the league. Um, and it's, it, it took a trade for him to do that. And I think that David Johnson, it just, the injuries that he's had, they're, they're really tough injuries. They're, they're not uh, injuries that, you know, a little nicks and, and bumps and bruises. He's had the, the torn knee. He's had the hamstring. He's had the shoulder. He had a wrist injury uh, one season, I remember. So yeah, it, it's it's very tough for me to, to give up on David Johnson, but it's also very tough for me to kind of wait the whole David Johnson situation out because if you do that and the situation plays itself out like I fear it can with him losing touches and essentially losing his job, to Kenyon Drake, then he's even less tradable. Then at that point, he's only droppable. Where yeah. if you have a doubt, you got to trade him. If you have a doubt, you got to trade him. But if you're in a situation where you, you can afford to wait it out, I would also recommend waiting it out. Yeah. And also just to keep in mind, he is about to be 28. <laughs> right. 
the age is coming up. But and actually, and there was one other person I wanted to bring up. I totally forgot about him because he hasn't played. Is AJ Green? Is there any value there? I mean, because to be fair, he hasn't played. The Brown or the or, sorry, the Bengals will be throwing a lot. Could you yeah. trade for him? I mean, I'm probably not. But not, if you could yeah. get nothing for him, maybe. I mean, I, I would probably put it this way. If you can throw some stupid trade that is a player you don't care about and maybe you can get him, you know, it's a gamble. It could pay yeah. off. I mean, he's old, 31. I don't think he really wants to play there, though. You know, I, I don't think he's invested at all. So, But it is, a, it is a thought process, though, just because he is coming back and there's no stats this year, so you could argue he's nothing and maybe get him for nothing. So right. I guess well, that'd that, be the only other player I'd point out. Right. That's the only guy from a Cincinnati Bengals perspective that really has any trade value at all because Joel Mixon has done nothing. I mean, their offensive line in Cincinnati is is god-awful. And I also have to you know throw shade at the fact that they thought they'd make their offensive line better by getting players that were former Buffalo Bills offensive linemen and, and Cordy Glenn and, and, John, and John Miller, who were atrocious when they were in Buffalo. So uh, that being said, A.J. Green is, is really one of the only players that I would trade for from a, from a Bengals perspective, but he's definitely, most definitely not on my uh, to-do list as far as, you know, oh, I got to go out and get A.J. Green. He is a, a, a tradable player because I think he's a buy low player and if you really need a wide receiver then I guess but at the same time Ryan Finley is the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals now Um, they have benched Andy Dalton and I do not believe it is because of injury you you might want to you know correct me on that but I think I'm pretty sure that they just said hey we're going to bench Andy Dalton see what we have in Ryan Finley and and I think the Cincinnati Bengals are tanking I mean why would you bench Andy Dalton if you're, you if you're not? Um, why would you, or if you're not trying to trade Andy Dalton? Maybe that's somebody that we could watch uh, as far as the trade deadline goes uh, of a player that could get moved. But AJ Green, I mean, I remember when he was hurt a few weeks back and, and not playing. I thought he would be a definite uh, trade player. That someone that you know, not for fantasy purposes, but. Somebody that the Cincinnati Bengals would definitely trade away, and he's still on the Bengals. I don't get it. I don't know what Cincinnati's doing. But to me, if you have a real running back problem uh, and and you don't have someone to fill in that flex slot, I'd say maybe buy low on A.J. Green in that situation. But in the situation of needing a wide receiver, I would would stay away uh, from anyone on the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's a gamble. But I guess it's if you like to gamble, then you could follow Degenerate Zone. But right, right. Yeah, if you like to gamble, <laughs> trade for AJ Green. Was well, there anything else you'd like to add for this episode, Ryan? Uh, no, I, I, you know, I, I will say, uh, as far as fantasy trading, you got at this point in the season, you gotta you gotta fill the holes that are not in your starting lineup, but on your bench because. There are some late buys this season. Saquon Barkley has a week 11 buy, which is a week 11 or week 12 buy, which is really odd. It's probably one of the latest buys I've ever experienced. And uh, when you're making trades, make the trades for for bench guys, guys that you're not going to be really relying on beyond that buy week and fill those, fill those holes, fill those buys, plug those buys up and, and uh, try to sneak those wins. I've been able to do that this season so far. 
Uh, when I had James Conner and Christian McCaffrey on a bye, I had Josh Jacobs and Latavius Murray as my running backs, and I won. So how about that? There you go. Take it from me. Thomas, yeah. take it from me. Thomas, take over. <laughs> we we got to get you a saying for the fantasy show. We do. We'll we figure do. something I'll, I'll, out. I'll come up with something. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty we'll, creative. We'll come and by the way, his bye <laughs> is week 11. So I'll have the Jets and the Week five. 11, okay. Yeah, and I mean, week 11 for, for Saquon Barkley, that's – that's a bye week that's going to affect everyone, and it's a week that you're only it's it's week eleven, week twelve, week thirteen. You know, and I don't playoffs. I so, don't have them on any of my teams, so it could help me because the guy I'm playing yeah. might not have them. Right, right. So I'm going to be happy about that one. And it's crunch time. I mean, we're close here. It's almost playoff time for fantasy, for sure. Depending for on your sure. league, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much it for this show. Um, I'm going to get this posted today for everyone. It's still, obviously the ending will be the trade if you're still listening. So hopefully you can listen in time before your trade deadlines. Um, but other than that, we'll be back next week. We'll have to get another show out for you guys. Don't forget the Thomas takeover post game show, 7 PM every Sunday, right? Or right around seven. We pretty much go live, but then obviously it's posted to all our podcast channels. So you can listen after at any time. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, and anything else you want to add in? Don't come to take part. Come to take over. Enjoy oh, the yes. Thomas Takeover post game show. Enjoy all the content that Trainwreck Sports has, whether it's at trainwrecksports.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Facebook. I hope the viewers and listeners of every show have enjoyed the experience thus far. <laughs> and send them out, Ryan Thomas. You know what to say. Don't come to take part, come to take over? No, come on. What do we say at Trainwreck? Good. train never stops. No, 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 no. Good. (laughs) Night. Night. Now. Now.